0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Locked On Horn Frogs. Uh, Steven Simcox, your host, here with you. It is Wednesday, April 21st. Appreciate you joining the show this uh, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening. And we'll run down some TCU athletics today. I actually want to start with some draft talk, and then we'll get into um, some TCU baseball. They, they played on Tuesday night against UT Arlington, got another victory. There are a few things that came out of that game that I think are worth hitting on and, and talking about, exploring a little bit more. And we'll close up with some uh, TCU football talk. But let's start with the draft. Um, it is eight days away as of, you know, the day this is getting posted on Wednesday. Um, next Thursday the draft is going down. And I feel like this year the NFL draft has snuck up on me a little bit um, because I I was kind of reflecting earlier this week. I was like, man, last year I just remember covering the draft like crazy for our radio station. We were really dug in on it. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, last year the world was literally shut down and basically the only thing that was uh, a live sport – for the first few months of the pandemic was the nfl draft i mean the nfl offseason and the nfl draft was about the only thing that we could talk about because covid had uh shut all the all the games down so that was why we had a lot more coverage of the draft than normal but it's coming and there's a few tcu guys that are in the mix to get picked and of course trayvon Morrig. Um, is the guy that everyone's talking about he's a first round player or early second round player depending on who you're talking to and Eric Edholm joined us on the radio earlier today Uh, Eric is the um, NFL draft expert for Yahoo Sports so I asked him about Trayvon and here's what he had to say about his game
0: yeah I like him a lot I really do I think he's got that sort of long linear frame he's got great sort of ball instincts like you see him breaking on throws quicker than other safeties do. Um, I don't know that he'll be able to thrive up in the box. And you see a lot of these safeties are kind of hybrid guys. They're half linebacker, half safety these days. To me, I think he's best sort of playing a little more away from the ball, but he was great in the slot last year. I mean, he can cover, you know, sort of the, the bigger slot receivers, the tight ends, the backs, things like that. His coverage ability is really natural, and I like him. I gave him – you know just a shade below a first round grade and I think he'll go somewhere between you know the last handful of picks around one and the first handful of round two so sort of in that 25 to 40 range I think it's really his sweet spot I think he'll be a you know an early contributor for whatever team he lands on
1: so Eric had high praise for him and I feel like he's actually got him lower than most draft experts do I mean Eric has him kind of late first round, maybe early second round, but still as one of the best safeties in the draft. And the only thing I disagree with at home about is he, he made the point, he really feels like he's not somebody that can come up and play in the box. And I don't know if he can do that consistently. I mean, he's certainly not Jamal Adams, who just makes a living down there and is big and strong and physical and comes in and can sack the quarterback and can make plays behind the backfield. But Trayvon's a sure tackler. And, I mean, he's never shied away from sticking his nose in the middle of the backfield and trying to make a play. So, is it something that he can do all the time? No. Um, Is it where I want him? Not necessarily. I mean, I think his biggest strength is is sort of what Ed Holm was talking about, which is his versatility. He can guard multiple positions. You know, he's athletic enough to hang with wide receivers. He's strong enough and agile enough to take on bigger slot wide receivers and and tight ends, and, and you're not going to be hurt there. However, I don't really think it's, he's going to be a liability down in the box either, even if that's not the most natural fit for him. So I disagree slightly there, but Eric at home with some, some strong words of praise for Trayvon as the um, draft rolls on. And then our Darius Washington is also going to be in the mix to be a day one or day two pick. I'm leaning more towards day two. Uh, I think he, he'll be a second- or third-round guy. His size is an issue, but I've seen some people have really fallen in love with him and his ability to come up and thump people. Uh, I've seen the Bob Sanders comparison, who was a safety for the Colts for a long time and was a really, really good player, was injured a lot, unfortunately. But it felt like in, in a lot of those Peyton Manning years, every time – uh, they would talk about the Colts The the defensive part of the game It would revolve around Hey is Bob Sanders healthy or not Because when he was healthy And he was patrolling the field At that safety position um, They were a much better football team When he was not That defense was a liability So Washington is someone That's going to get picked Early on in this draft And then Garrett Wallow Actually also in the course of that interview uh, Eric at revealed that Himself and Charles Robinson, who also worked for Yahoo Sports, had done an all juice team. And that was actually something that Therese Paler had started. And Therese was a columnist for the Kansas City Star, and then he worked for Yahoo Sports. And he tragically passed away earlier this year. Uh, But Therese was a great columnist on the NFL, and he used to have this all-juice team about just guys that brought an attitude, a mentality that was fun and different. And Garrett Wallow made that team, which I think that's a great pick. And when when I heard that, the first thing I thought of, and I wish I could have found this clip. I couldn't find it. But TCU football, after the Oklahoma State win, they tweeted um, this video where Garrett is – Uh, you know, playing that inside linebacker position. I can't remember who was running the ball that day for the pokes, but the running back had something to say to Garrett. And Garrett just sort of pointed at him and clapped his hands and said, okay, let's go. And then he made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage and obviously you know, had something to say about that. But I just thought that was a great example of, of what they were talking about, that attitude and that mentality that Wallow is going to bring. And I think he'll be a late-round pick. But, Garrett, there's, there's a place for him in this league, if nowhere else. It's on special teams. I mean, he can run down and make plays, but uh, that his attitude and just kind of that nastiness that he brings to the field I think is going to be a huge asset for him and will give him a chance to make a team even with uh, a shorter – um, preseason schedule this season, which will make it tough for some of the undrafted free agents and late round picks to make an impression. But uh, Trayvon Merrick and, and our Darius Washington, are the, are the two safeties and the two guys to watch in the first couple days of draft coverage. And we'll continue to bring, you know, uh, what exactly these experts are saying about them as we barrel towards the NFL draft next week. Let's talk about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar, I, I bet Merrick and Washington and Wallow all eat Bilt Bars because they're delicious. It's a delicious protein bar, only 180 calories, so it's good for you. It's good fuel for your body. My favorite flavors, some of them, I really like the peanut butter, um, cookies and cream. A lemon almond cheesecake is something I've gotten into recently, but the, the best is the coconut brownie chunk. I mean, it really will change your life. Like, coconut is not something I'm even into, but the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar is fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Again, that's a LOCKEDON15. They get 20% off your next order or your first order. If you're kind of apprehensive about it, well, use that promo code. Get a little bit of a discount and don't feel as guilty about spending some money today. Again, it's delicious. It's good fuel for your body. It shouldn't be legal for it to be both. BuiltBar.com. Give it a chance. Uh, Tell them LOCKEDON sent you by using that promo code LOCKEDON15. Segment two of Locked on Horn Frogs coming your way now, and let's talk some TCU baseball. The Frogs took on UTA on Tuesday night at Lupton Stadium as they continue their homestand. This is their longest homestand of the season, eight games. You know, they had that three-game set against Oklahoma State, and then they got a uh, three-game set against Kansas before hosting another Tuesday night game next week and then hitting the road against West Virginia. But they're continuing that homestand right now, and they defeat the Mavs 9-1. to this evening on what was a cold game by the end of it or a cold night out there um, in Fort Worth. And the big headliner from this one is the Frogs only allowed one hit on the day. And UTA is a good team. I mean, I think if you follow college baseball, you know that's a good program. That's a program that can come up and, and get a win on a Tuesday night. That's what they're looking to do. They're trying to improve their RPI and improve their NCAA tournament positioning by getting a victory in those midweek games. And Luke Savage made his uh, first career start for the Frogs. And, and, you know, going into this, Tuesday night had become sort of a mess. Jacob Metter has, has struggled. He's just struggled with finding the plate, with getting guys out. Riley Cornelio came in last week and only lasted a couple batters. Slosh had a quick hook with him. And Luke Savage came in tonight, and he was great. He pitched four innings. He walked two guys. Um, he, he struck out a couple batters. But he he pitched a contact. I mean, he wasn't missing a ton of bats. He got outs, though. I mean, he did not allow hits. and the first three uh, batters of the game reached, so he had a you know, a bases loaded and nobody out situation. And then after that, he settled down. He retired three hitters in a row. He did give, did give up that one run, and it stayed one nothing for a while. But then the TCU bat started breaking out, and he was able to, to maintain that lead and turn it over to Drew Hill, who had a really good outing. Garrett Wright closed it out. So, listen, I, I, I get it. It's not Big 12 play, but if – and this might be – I don't know what the plan is for Luke Savage moving forward. Like I said, he wasn't just overwhelming tonight, but he got the job done. He was able to get outs. And it, one of two things could be possible. Um, or I guess one of three things. This could just be, all right, it's it's his turn. You know, Tuesday nights are kind of a all-hands-on-deck, pitch-by-committee type of situation. We were just going to give him a chance. But I really think – I mean, Slosh has been – um adamant the last few weeks that like hey i have more pitchers than i ever have and i have i feel like i have less depth than i ever have he was really quick with riley last week in that midweek game against tarleton like as soon as he saw that command wasn't there he got him out of there and he's he's tired of the free passes he's tired of this team struggling to get outs. so is is luke savage potentially your new tuesday starter or at least someone that could work in there once every couple of weeks. Does he get a few batters here and there on the weekend? I mean, I think it's way too early to say that. But, you know, do they keep trotting him out there and giving him chances in the hope – that hey, by the end of the season, by the time the tournament rolls around, maybe that can be another arm in the bullpen because you cannot have like you cannot have enough guys that can get outs in big situations or just can get you a few outs in the course of a game when uh, when tournament baseball rolls around. It, it's just imperative that you have as many arms as possible on deck. Um, it, it's early to make all those projections, but. I think for a team that is pretty desperate, as even as good as they are, it, pretty desperate to have quality depth in that bullpen, it's a welcome sight that someone came in and, you know, in the moment – um, made things happen, weren't intimidated, and were able to get out. Now, it's also worth saying, I mean, Jacob Metter had a really good Tuesday night start to start the season as well. And it, it might have just been UTA had no idea they were going to face Luke Savage last night. They didn't know what his arsenal was, what to expect from him, and they kind of got caught off guard. And by the time, you know, you get two times through the lineup, he's already out of the game because he only went four innings. But Drew Hill also really good tonight. I mean, pitched you know, three innings of scoreless baseball before turning it over to Garrett Wright. And you you still got time to figure it out. The luxury that TCU has right now is that they have a formula to win. I mean, they have a formula to win games. Um, You hope your starting pitchers can go fairly deep. And then you got a couple guys like Chuck King and Halen Green who can get out and who can um, go multiple innings. And you have a lineup that's pretty relentless and that's hitting the ball well right now. I mean, they're, they're as locked in as they have been all year long. All that being said, you've you got to find some more depth. So, Marcelo Perez had a promising outing against Oklahoma State. Drew Hill looked good today. Luke Savage. You know, can, can you get some of those guys, not all of them necessarily, but can you get some of those guys to come around to a point where you can feel comfortable putting them in the game in high-leverage situations, that remains to be seen. Also, on on the other side of it, at the plate, um, the team was fantastic again, and Braden Taylor is just on a serious heater right now. Um, He had a tough weekend in Lubbock and kind of had a tough start to the weekend against Oklahoma State, but closed really strong, hit that grand slam on Sunday that slammed the door shut and gave them that sweep. And then tonight, he was a triple away from the cycle. He had a, a big double um, that scored a couple of runs. He had an, an RBI single that got them on the board and tied that game in a two-out situation where the shift was on. He was able to, to find a hole in the infield and get it through. And he had another home run, another bomb tonight, um, and he was just doing it all over the place. Gene Wood and Zach Humphreys had big hits. This lineup is tough. And the freshmen are leading the way right now, which is exciting. You know, Braden Taylor, freshman, in the middle of the lineup, your big, your best power hitter, your, one of your best RBI guys. He's been great. Elijah Nunez, um, you know, has been somewhat inconsistent, but he finds ways to get on base. He's versatile. I, I kind of like him in the bottom of the lineup because that's just a, a good hitter who's going to have competitive at-bats even in that nine hole. Luke Boyers, it's been a real struggle lately for him, um, but he, he's showing some signs, maybe breaking out of it. And those three guys around for three more years, man, that that's going to be something special. So nice win for TC Baseball tonight, 9-1 over UTA, and now they get ready for a weekend series against Kansas starting on Friday. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports runs it, and he does a great job. He's been working the Vegas scene for a number of years, and and they have everything you need to know about all the sports, MLB. NBA, NHL, all going on right now. You also have a lot of MMA and, and boxing fights every weekend. Lee's big into the fight game. He'll give you he'll give you the advice you need to know to start making some money. There's prop bets. They also even they do bets on reality TV, entertainment, the entertainment world. So you know if you're like man, sports. I like to enjoy my sports without wagering and, and getting too emotionally invested like that well maybe you can wager on something else you can find what you need at betonline.ag um, use the promo code locked on to get a 20 percent sign up bonus betonline.ag try it today okay final segment here on locked on horn frogs and uh, this conversation kind of came up because I was chatting with Josh Neighbors. He had me on the Lockdown Big 12 podcast, and I think that's probably going to come out tomorrow. I might let you hear a little bit of it. I'll sort of see how the week goes. But Josh is a friend of the show, and he was talking to me about TCU spring ball and just spring football, kind of what came out of the storylines. And we were discussing the offense, and he brought up, you know, the O-line to him is kind of the most important unit as far as if they improve um, it, the offense should improve, and I'd agree with that for the most part. I think if you know, they're able to hold up and allow Max more time, they can let those running backs get going, and that's going to be big in getting this offense moving in the right direction. But he also asked me about the wide receivers, and you know we, we discussed it, and we were both excited about this receiving core. I'm pretty stoked about this you know, wide receiving core. Quentin Johnston, Savion Williams, um, you know you got guys in the slot that have produced before, like Tay Barber and uh, J.D. Spielman, and then I mean, a couple of guys that I really they weren't on my radar until the spring game, or I just kind of had them on the back of my mind. Blair Conright and Blake Newell, you know, they made some big plays in the spring game, and they're really good players. So, they're deep at that position. I mean, I think there's a lot of potential there. But as I was talking to Josh, I just sort of realized, I feel like they've had more depth. I feel like they have more depth right now than they have in the last few seasons. But we've, we've been excited about this receiving core for a long time. And, you know, Jalen Rager, it, we all kind of know the story there. It, it just never came together his his senior or junior year. Last season, it wasn't consistent. And I, I just wonder what has to happen to kind of unlock the potential that we feel like we see with that team. And I think Malcolm Kelly's a really good coach. But with those guys, what needs to happen that's going to allow them to really reach what we think is possible? Because Quentin Johnson, I, I, he could be a monster on the outside. You know, Spielman and Barber can make things happen in the slot. I think Savion is is another big body that can go up and make plays. Is it the offensive line having to protect? Is it just timing getting better? I I still feel like it comes back to the O-line because I think, you know, Max, he struggles with accuracy at times. But a big part of that in my mind goes to the fact that he's he sees ghost. I mean, because the pocket collapses so frequently, and that's been the case really his whole career, sometimes I believe when he actually does have time, he gets rushed because he's like, oh, man, I got time here. I, I see something in front of me. I got to make this play. And also, when when you're not throwing the ball a lot, those misses loom large. Like, yeah, the, West, the, the miss in the West Virginia game where he had Barber wide open in the end zone, that was terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was terrible. It was a terrible throw. But it was also one throw. And because the offense couldn't consistently get down the field, it was just magnified by a 100 times when you miss on one of those. So if you can get in a better rhythm, maybe those mistakes don't loom as large in the grand scheme. We'll see. That'll do it for Lockdown On Frogs today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more um, spring football, baseball, everything going on in CCU athletics. This is part of the Lockdown On Podcast Network, your team every day.